When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome everybody. Friday, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show starts right now. President Donald Trump indicted federally in Miami, Southern Florida. It has happened. You all know it has happened. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to, I was going to say make sense of it, but in so many ways it is senseless. It's destructive. It's enraging. It's concerning. But we will go through all of this together today. We had been telling you for weeks a federal indictment was coming, and now it has happened. Uh, Yet another unprecedented moment for our republic. Yet another Rubicon crossed by the ruthless, hyper-partisan Democrats, by Joe Biden and his fully weaponized Department of Justice. Clear election interference underway. Once again, it seems like... There can't just be an election where the American people get to choose. There have to be some extra extra things thrown into the mix. A rigged system in one way or another has to be. That's the way the Democrats approach it. Look, we're going to make sense of this to to the degree we can. Uh, Together today, we'll have our friend Andy McCarthy joining us later on in the second hour. Clay is on vacation, as you all recall. But we we had a... A backup plan in place because we both had a feeling that while he was supposed to be doing, you know, water aerobics or getting a back rub or whatever on vacation, he was going to get the call. And it happened last night. I had to call him and say they've indicted him. So Clay will join us in uh, the second hour as well. And then also Julie Kelly, who, you know, we've been having on to talk about January 6th, as well as the special counsel and the possible well, now the federal indictment that has happened. 
Uh, we'll focus with her on what she says is coming next. This is not only is it just the beginning of this prosecution, it is likely there will be further prosecutions of Donald Trump by the Biden DOJ. And here's just here's what we know at this at this moment. Uh, we'll, we'll update this and we'll continue to bring you anything that breaks uh, throughout the show. What Trump is facing right now, um, based on the reporting, the indictment has not been made uh, officially public yet, um, but the reporting is willful retention of national defense information in violation of the Espionage Act, conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding a document or record Corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, scheme to conceal false statements and representations. Uh, now, any of you with any familiarity with federal law knows that the maximum for even the most minor federal transgression is jaw-droppingly long so trump faces if he were to get the maximum on all of these uh decades and decades in prison now, some of these have a a statutory maximum of 20 years now almost no one gets that because they well the federal court system you take plea deals 97 98 of federal criminal cases uh result in a plea deal of some kind trump's obviously not taking a plea deal so he's going to see this through. And I think a lot of us have woken up today, even with the expectation that this would happen, feeling a, a shock because it's real now. It's real. They have been building up to this moment for seven years, seven years of relentless and remorseless lawfare, lies, scheming, all to stop Donald Trump from being president because, oh, my gosh. I mean, the three years we had before COVID, an economy that was roaring, no wars. I mean, Democrats, I can understand, I guess, why they wouldn't want to go back to that. It was so horrible. They created an alternate reality of what a Donald Trump presidency really meant for the country. It, it is as though they were living in an alternate universe for the first Trump term. And so they feel fully justified now in trying to stop the country from suffering from another period of economic growth, not just a little growth, uh, economic miracle, it felt like, peace and overall progress as, as a nation. So uh, there's so much that right now we have to process and think through and understand. Um, I, right at the, at the top of the list, have to say the fact that you had Hillary Clinton, with her classified server situation, where she willfully and knowingly was trafficking in classified information over an open server, just over the Internet, huge violation of the Espionage Act, violation of mishandling classified information, and then used bleach bit and hammers and tried to destroy things even after subpoenas were sent, and then... The FBI director, James Comey, he's not even the attorney general. Oh, but that's right. The attorney general was Loretta Lynch. And she had a little sit down, uh, just a happenstance sit down 
with Bill Clinton on a tarmac because they're private jets. Just, you know, they were like ships passing in the night, but they saw each other. And so they sat down and they talked about it. They realized they couldn't have Obama's attorney general just wave a magic wand and make the whole thing go away. So Comey, Sanctacomey, comes forward. And he says that no prosecutor would bring charges. And then lots of federal prosecutors said, uh, actually, I would have brought charges. They made it go away. Now, I know you know that history, but there's another part of it that we have to remember right now. Donald Trump and his Department of Justice chose to leave it alone. Not because there wasn't a crime committed. There was. We all know there was. And not because... Hillary Clinton deserved to skate totally free, but Trump knew and his administration knew that focusing on the future and doing the best they could for the country was a more honorable and more mature response. Although I'm sure some of you right now are probably saying, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was a mistake. <laughs> maybe taking the high road wasn't the best decision under the circumstances. And now we have a Biden administration that is soaked through from the very top with corruption. We have a president in Joe Biden who can't even begin to explain why his family members, while he's in office, are getting millions of dollars from enemies like the Chinese Communist Party. And we sit here and we say... Well, maybe one day there'll be justice. Maybe one day something will happen. The other side, they just go for the jugular right away. Every time. They just keep pushing. They are relentless. They do not stop. So of all, and then we could even go back to Bill Clinton. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Right, remember? Yeah, lied under oath. Lied under oath. And what were we told? Oh, let's move on from that. It's It was personal. It's private. Well, it's a felony. He committed a felony. As clear as anything could be. We let it go. Bush administration let it go. Now this is the first time in history a president of the United States has faced a felony indictment like this. And he's running for president. I mean, this would be earth-shattering if Donald Trump just planned to play golf and hang out for the next 20 years. But he is the Republican frontrunner as we speak right now. And there's a joke of a case that has been leveled against him in New York City. I mean, it's not funny, but it's, you know, it's appallingly flimsy and absurd. In this case, they're telling you that there's a, a recording so we'll have to see. They claim that there's audio recording, and this is what the whole thing is going to hinge on, I think, because otherwise the chance of them getting a conviction based off of documents and lawyers and... Well, let's think about this for a second. What exactly is the crime here? What was done? Who was hurt? Where is the damage from what they're alleging Donald Trump did? He had boxes of documents. Maybe he declassified them. Maybe he didn't. But he had the right to declassify anything he wanted. And then there were lawyers, and they're going back and forth about the documents. And he thought they were all gone. He told them they were, but maybe they were. I mean, this is crazy. 
I, I assure you, you know, I, I would not be sitting here talking about this if if a former president had gotten, you know, drunk in a car and and, you know, run over two people and killed them. Yeah, you, you know, you do. People are not above the law. But this prosecution is rooted in process crimes that have been the the maniacal focus of Democrats for years. This is like the old secret police chief, Lavrenti Beria, in the Soviet Union. This is, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. They keep going and going and going. If the IRS went after any one of you, they'd be able to find some way to say that you violated, you violated federal tax law. You know that. I know that. That's why everyone hates the IRS so much, because it's scummy, because there's no real fair way to assess the myriad of all these different statutes and laws and everything else. Yeah, there are people who just refuse to pay their taxes, and that's a that's a problem under the law. But if they just decide that they're going to get down into the minutia and find something, they'll find something. And then they can pretend that it's a bigger deal than it is. The law is the law. That's what they'll say. And they'll say that to you after Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, the Bidens. And we're supposed to take them seriously. I mean, none of us do. But here's the the reality, I think, of what we face. So everything that you're going to hear, a, a lot of us were expressing the same sentiments. This is unprecedented. This is disastrous for the rule of law. This is disastrous for our politics. This is disgraceful from the Biden regime. Biden is the most appalling president of my lifetime because his whole his whole premise was a lie everything this guy pretended to stand for uniting the country and bringing things back to normal and bringing things back to normal who notice they don't even say that anymore it's too absurd it's too much of a of a blatant lie but now we have simultaneous contests for the future of this republic underway. On the one hand, you see the legal fight that begins now. What are our courts going to do? It is reported that a Trump-appointed judge is going to handle the initial federal court appearance. That judge is going to make a big difference in how this is handled. But there's also the likelihood that there will be additional federal charges. Like I said, we'll talk to Julie Kelly later on about that is likely that there will be something related to January 6th, because why not? As far as they're concerned, just throw everything you have at this guy. And legally, there will be, even if he's able to beat these charges, the cost in time, the cost in reputation, the process is the punishment, which also then brings us to the political side of this. How can anyone think we're having a free and fair election in America when the leading contender for the Republican Party is under a federal criminal indictment from his political rivals, DOJ, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland as the hatchet man here? How can anyone, I could I make the case to you that this election is fair right now? No, I, I can't. How, how could I do that? So we have the legal, we have the political, and we have the future of the country hanging in the balance. Um, I, I honestly want to—I want to open up some lines this hour because I know for a lot of us this is a—it's a dark moment, and it's uh, really 
uh, deeply unsettling what this is doing to the country and what is likely to happen as a result of this. So please, if you want to share your thoughts with the rest of the country on this right now, I mean, we have so many people who are ardent, not just Trump supporters, I mean, Trump believers, believe in the movement, believe in this man, and are seeing what's going on here, and outrage doesn't even really cover their feelings. But I think we all need to hear from each other about what do we do now? How do we bring this moment and how do we use it to mobilize for whatever's left of this republic when all this is over? And whatever institutions are left standing and have the faith, the full faith of the American people, um, we are entering a period the likes of which none of us have ever seen before. And we're going to have to stand together on this. 800-282-2882. All right, if you own a small business like a restaurant or a bar, you likely employ anywhere between five to 500 people. That puts you in a position of qualifying for an IRS refund as part of the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Innovation Refunds is a company helping businesses just like yours and has already completed over 17,000 returns. Their website, GetRefunds.com, is where you get started. Speaking of bars and restaurants, Innovation Refunds has teamed up with John Tafer, the host of the popular show Bar Taffer, pardon me, Bar Rescue, to help restaurant and bar owners understand how they can find out if they're eligible for the ERC tax credit. Go to GetRefunds.com to start the process, and you could be on your way to receiving money for your business. There's no upfront charge. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Innovation Refunds has already helped clients claim over $5 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. They may be able to help your business, too. Go to GetRefunds.com or download the app from the App Store today. That's GetRefunds.com. Truth after truth, you can handle the truth. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks 
with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. All right, second hour of Playing Buck kicks off right now. Our friend Andy McCarthy joins us in progress here. He is from Fox News and National Review. He spent over 20 years as a federal prosecutor in the Southern District of New York. Andy, we knew we were going to need you today if we could get you. Thanks for calling in. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. We got something to talk about? Yeah, I think I think so. Just Clay is on vacation right now, just so you know. So he's going to call in just like you later on this hour. So it's just it's just you and me today, Andy. It's it's the it's Buck and Andy for this one. So tell me All this, right, man. Um, tell me this. The how does it go from here now? I mean, you know, we've got a federal indictment in Miami. What happens now in terms of process and what to expect? Well, I heard uh, just in the last few minutes, Buck, that they were about to unseal the indictment. So we thought apparently that that was not going to happen until next week. So it looks like it's going to happen shortly. Um, There will be an arraignment on Tuesday, at least the schedule right now is at 3 o'clock on Tuesday in Miami uh, because the prosecutors at the last minute decided to shift venue from Washington to Florida. I think that was wise on their part because they were going to lose a motion to change venue if they tried to bring the whole case in Washington. So they were better off doing that. Um, And then it goes from there. It'll be assigned to a judge. I understand, interestingly, at least from what I heard this morning, that at least initially the judge who's going to have the case is Aileen Cannon, who was the judge who was involved in the um, uh, in in right after the search warrant, the judge who was involved in the whole litigation over the special master. Um, right. So it's not she knows a lot about this case, obviously. But what would typically happen is they'll set a motion schedule and they may or may not set a trial date, usually uh, in a, a case where there's apt to be complex motions. And I would think any case where you're trying to indict a former president who was also a prospective president, there's going to be some complicated uh, motions. Uh, 
they'll probably set a date for uh, when those must be filed by and when they'll be argued, and maybe we'll get a trial date. We'll have to see. When do you think the trial is going to happen? Just Is it going to be before the Republican primary is is over? Could they hold it? I mean, how does how do you think the scheduling plays out? I think, Buck, that the reason that Smith probably decided the better part of valor was just to bring the case in Florida is he didn't want to be bogged down for months arguing venue and then losing, which is what would have happened. So that suggests to me that he'd like to push it to trial before the election. Um, whether he'll be able to do that or not is going to be a question of what the judge is. The judge basically wants the last thing that the government can do that it controls completely is bring the case. You know, you always have control over when you bring that within reason, within like the statute of limitations. But other than that, once the case is brought, it's really up to the judge how fast it moves. And um, I, I think they're going to want to move fast. But the thing is, this is not the only item on Trump's dance card. You know, later this month, he's in federal court in Manhattan trying to get the Bragg uh, Manhattan DA's case brought to federal court. I think he's going to lose that, but they're going to have a big hearing uh, this month. And then in August, we're going to get an indictment, no doubt, in uh, in Atlanta from Fannie Willis, the uh, Fulton County prosecutor. And then in October, uh, the civil fraud trial in New York brought by the New York Attorney General Letitia James. That's the trial of that case is supposed to start October 3rd. And that's going to go for a few weeks. That's going to be um, I, I wouldn't go to sleep on that case. I think that we're going to the, there's going to be a lot of uh, information that comes out of uh, of that case, and it's going to be a hard one for Trump because it's civil. So, you know, they can make a big deal over the fact that he didn't answer questions in his pretrial deposition. He doesn't, you know, if he doesn't testify, they can comment on it. It's a lower burden of proof for the state. So that's a tough one for him. And then w- once we get close to the end of the year, you're supposed to argue the motions in Bragg's case, you know, in Manhattan, and then that case, he scheduled, the judge there is scheduled that for trial on March 25th, which is like two weeks after Super Tuesday. So I think all threaded through the debates, the campaign, and the primary contests are going to be these, you know, these big ticket litigation matters that Trump is going to have to attend to. Um, Andy, if, if you were Trump's defense attorney in the Miami federal indictment, right? How worried are you about this case? Have I gotten paid? <laughs> yeah, you've you've already got your retainer. You're good okay. on that. How I, worried are you for I, your client? Now I can think more clearly. Um, yeah, I think I'd be worried, you know, because um, the the best defense that Trump has to this case is really not a legal defense. It's more like a political you know, it's a selective prosecution defense. And the thing about selective prosecution is you almost never win that on the law. Selective prosecution is the argument you make to persuade the prosecutor not to charge. Once the prosecutor does charge, legally, selective prosecution doesn't help you with the jury because the jury in the trial is going to be told um, the only issue for you is whether the government has proved the charges against this defendant beyond a reasonable doubt it's not a defense that some other person who should have been charged wasn't so um the to the extent that like the hillary clinton precedent was helpful to trump 
and I think it will continue to be helpful politically, particularly putting heat on uh, the Justice Department with respect to Biden's classified information issue. But I don't think it helps them much legally. And, you know, the other problem Trump has is the, I, he'll get a second bite at the apple in Florida on this, but the judge in Washington ruled that his attorney, Mark Corcoran, had to testify and turn over to the prosecutor all of his notes, which are pretty elaborate, about conversations with Trump, which I think have become like a key part of the obstruction case as far as the prosecutors are concerned. And that could be a very tough case for him. Uh, if it turns out that that sworn statement that they gave to the FBI for transmission to the grand jury in June of 2022, where they represented under oath that they had done a thorough search and the 38 documents they were turning over that day were the only ones that Trump had in his possession. And then we find out like two months later, they do the raid and they find a hundred more. If that, if the jury concludes that that was a false statement and that Trump caused a false statement to be made to the grand jury, um, he's going to get convicted on that. And, you know, I, I think, the problem he has with that count is while he can call, he can talk about selective prosecution very well with respect to a lot of this. Um, anyone in the country who provided a false sworn statement to the grand jury would get prosecuted. It's going to be hard to say that he's, you know, that's the kind of behavior that they and, have single. What do you make, Andy, among- of this? Of this, uh, it's reported right now. We don't know, but I think CNN is claiming, or uh, I think they're claiming they have this audio where Trump. Is talking about Iran, you know, some U.S. attack plan on Iran that he has a document he didn't declass. I mean, again, folks, it could all be crap, but this is what they're reporting right now. If that is even approximately correct or real, is that a big problem? Well, I, you know, you know this as well as as I do, Buck, because you were from that world. That world, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've always thought that Trump's declassification spiel um, that he's been doing ever since the, the Mar-a-Lago raid in August, um, to me, that's always been a red herring because it's not a defense to the Espionage Act. The Espionage Act doesn't talk about classified information. It talks about national defense information. So legally, even if he did declassify every document, which there's no evidence that he actually did, um it wouldn't be a defense because if it's national defense information, then he's got to return it when it when there's a demand made for it and he's not allowed to keep it in a, an unauthorized place. Um, so I've never been impressed by the declassification uh, spiel. And what it seems to me the CNN reported recording does is it it is it undercuts his claim that he declassified everything. But I never thought much of his claim that he declassified everything. And obviously, the declassification doesn't help him at all with the obstruction count because the subpoena that was issued to them, the the prosecutor, the Justice Department didn't want to get into the issue of whether he had declassified the documents or not. So in the grand jury subpoena they gave him in May of 2022, what they demanded that he turn over was every document that was physically marked classified. So it doesn't matter for those purposes whether he declassified them or not. If he had documents that had physical classification markings on them, he was required to surrender them under the subpoena. Andy, if he's found guilty, if um, you know, I've, 
for, for a few weeks, I had people who were getting a little mad at me because I was saying, guys, I think he's going to get indicted. I think this is imminent, and here we are. Oh, um, right. If he is found guilty, I'm not saying he will be, and I think there's some, you know, uh, all it takes is one juror in Miami to see what's yep. going on here. But if he's found guilty, is he going to prison? Probably. I think in a case like this, Buck, ordinarily, now his, his age would and his uh, lack of a, uh, a meaningful criminal record obviously would play in his favor, as would the fact that it would it would rip the country apart um, to incarcerate him. I think even we're playing with fire doing what we're doing. We haven't right. gotten to the point of, uh, of jail. But um, just if you, if you wanted to treat this like any other case, the Espionage Act is is taken seriously by courts because of the national security implications of it. But I don't, you know, if there's a single category of case, you know, put murder and terrorism and all that stuff aside. If there's a single category of case that I think judges and sentencing judges in particular take seriously, it's obstruction. Because that's basically what they deem that to be is like a crime against a court. And generally speaking, people who get convicted of obstruction crimes get time. I'm not saying, you know, all these cases, all these counts, as we know, like the Espionage Act of 10-year counts and obstructions, 20-year counts and lying to the grand juries of five-year counts. Yeah, he's not going to jail for 100 years. We know that. But he might, on obstruction, you think they might say six months or something? Could that happen? Or Sure, absolutely could happen. There's nothing, by the way, though, we're in, we end in the same place we always end, right? There's nothing in the Constitution that says that that disqualifies, disqualifies him from running for president. So These are crazy times. Andy, uh, keep the phone handy. We're going to need you. Thanks for calling in. Andy McCarthy, everybody. Right, Andy, we appreciate you. Take care, buddy. Oh, man. Thank you. What a, what a mess. Okay. <laughs> Switching gears here for a second. Whether you exercise or not, as you age, you experience some kind of pain. And mine is shoulder pain. That's where I've just had a rough time for the last, oh gosh, nine months or so. But thanks to our friends at Relief Factor, I decided, you know what? I'm going to try some Relief Factor myself. It's 100% drug-free, contains four all-natural ingredients. That's it. And it's created by doctors, and it's backed by 15 years, over 15 years of scientific research. So I've been using Relief Factor, and guess what? Shoulder doesn't hurt as much. Relief Factor treats aches and pains, including elbow, hip, knee, hand, back, neck, and in my case, shoulder pain. Taking Relief Factor, I truly feel the difference. Join the more than a million people who have purchased Relief Factor's Quick Start product. Order the three-week Quick Start for only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Get the nineteen ninety-five three-week Quick Start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. All right, so everybody, we know Clay is on vacation, uh, but we knew that this could happen, where the huge breaking news would come down about the indictment of Donald Trump, the federal indictment that we now know is reality. And so he has come off of the uh, the hiking trail here to tell us his thoughts on it, co-host of this program, of course, Clay Travis. Here he is with us. Clay, sorry to interrupt your vacation, my friend, but <laughs> everyone wants to hear your thoughts on this. Just give us your, your, your top-line reactions. So, first of all, Smoky Mountains are beautiful. Um, I was literally hiking in the Smoky Mountains, dodging uh, bear, uh, bear crap on the trails uh, just shortly ago to start uh, the morning. But, like, I think a lot of people, last night when the news came down, um, it just, to me, epitomized 
the ultimate lie of Joe Biden's candidacy, which was he was going to restore normalcy and a uh, complete respect for democracy. And instead, he has embarked us on a path that has never been taken in 240 plus years of United States history. And I think that this is why, Buck, and you know this because we talked about it a lot off the air, but this is why we had Ron DeSantis on and why when we've had so many different Republican presidential contenders on, uh, we wanted to ask the question, would you pardon Donald Trump in the event that you are the nominee and the eventual president uh, taking the oath of office in January of, of 2025? Uh, because regardless of your politics, Democrat, Republican, Independent, I truly believe the precedent that is being set here of it is acceptable to bring charges against your chief political rival for, let's be honest, relatively inconsequential issues of procedural criminal misconduct. We're not talking about somebody uh, committing a murder. We're not talking about uh, you know somebody getting drunk and driving in a car and hitting someone, right, where there's a clear criminal uh, action. We're talking about a definite political prosecution. Donald Trump would have never been a defendant on any of these issues, uh, either in New York, Atlanta, or certainly in federal uh, uh, federal cases, if he had was still in office, right, or if he had never decided to enter into politics. And so um, I think the Republican Party and reasonable independents and, frankly, uh, people who are not crazy Trump derangement syndrome members of the Democrat Party should all be aligned against the precedent that's being set here because this is what banana republics do if it becomes the case that when you lose an election, not only do you lose an election, but you potentially are going to be put behind bars uh, when you lose that election. This is a fundamentally different world than we've ever lived in as an American democracy before, and Trump will not be the last president or former president to face charges like these. Uh, Clay, we're speaking to Clay Travis, co-host of this show, everybody, for joining us in progress here. Clay, uh, do you think that the the fact that this is going to be in Miami, that yeah. it's going to be a Miami jury pool, is is a big factor in this? Like, How do you assess that component? Because I think that was a little bit of a surprise. Everyone was expecting D.C. initially. Yeah, well, this is where, again, I would give credit to our callers. Um, you know, when we had Andy McCarthy on last week, uh, people may remember I specifically asked Andy, because the caller had been asking the question, why was this proceeding, given that it's obstruction charges and related to classified documents that all seems to have originated from inside of Mar-a-Lago uh, in Palm Beach in uh, in Florida? Why was this taking place in Washington, D.C., or at least the discussion surrounding where the charges would be taking place all centered on Washington, D.C.? I think from a uh, procedural posture perspective, um, you know, lawyers talk all the time about the importance of forum. And I think as a as forums go, uh, the charges being brought in Miami is about as good of a jurisdiction as Donald Trump could hope for. And I know we have a monster listenership uh, in South Florida, both podcast and radio, who are listening to us right now. I think there are lots of people listening to us, Buck, who could be in that jury pool. Heck, you could be in that jury pool, if I'm not mistaken. Your wife could be in that jury pool. I um, hadn't thought about that, that until now, but that would be quite a quite a situation. Yeah, look, I mean, you would get excluded because I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think they would allow you to, uh, to serve on the jury. But I think there are a lot of people who are listening to us right now that have the exact same political persuasions and thoughts as both you and I do about this case. But look, I think there's a really good chance 
if there are 12 jurors seated in Miami, I don't think it's crazy to think that at least one of those people will, no matter what, refuse to convict Donald Trump of anything because he or she sees this as what it is, a political persecution. Um, and, you know, the, the, the goal would be to get those people knocked off of the jury. But well, let's imagine that, you know, you're a first-generation recent arrival from Cuba or Venezuela, and you have seen what happens in socialism run amok, and you have seen what countries can descend to when politics moves into the courtroom and you try to put political rivals in jail. You came to this country to try to avoid living in a place where that could happen. If I'm a recent uh, you know, arrival from Venezuela or a recent arrival from Cuba or so many countries right, all over the world, I don't want to convict Donald Trump because I don't want my country that I now have moved to and that I love to end up this way. And that says nothing of all of the you know, uh, people who've been in the United States for generations and feel that way. But you know well, as someone who lives in, in Miami now, you are surrounded by people from Latin America who have come to America for freedom and are huge Trump supporters for that reason, because they believe in American excellence and American exceptionalism. I think it's going to be really hard. This is just my perspective. We don't know the full scope of the charges, and we don't know all the details yet, so we're obviously talking in that scale, but I think we have a pretty good sense of what they are. I think it's going to be really hard to get a conviction in Miami. I, I, I generally do. And, uh, and again, this comes back to the question that I've kind of been hammering on for a long time is timing. Uh, you know, I, I, we've said on this show we thought charges were going to come down in June or July off air. The reason why I'm you know, sitting talking to you right now is because we've been saying, hey, I'm going to be out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This you know, trip has been scheduled for a long time. But I said, hey, it wouldn't shock me at all if these charges came down on Friday. And instead they came down, you know, we became aware of them on Thursday evening. Uh, but I think this is going to be, depending on the timing, a really hard case to get a conviction on uh, presuming that the jury pool is, as I would anticipate, as varied in political persuasion. This is not going in front of the Washington, D.C. kangaroo court that'll stamp anything because it's 95 percent Democrat. Uh, Buck, you know, you live there. I would think this is basically a 50-50 America. Uh, now, it's not Donald Trump getting charged in, you know, rural Alabama or rural Utah, right, where there's like zero percent chance he'd be convicted of anything. Uh, but it is kind of a jury that would be at least somewhat representative of the larger American electorate, which is very evenly divided on the question of who should be ruling and running our country today. Speaking of Clay Travis, co-host of this program, Clay, the politics of this, I don't know how it's possible that anyone can even make a case that there's not a it, it feels like the 2024 election is tainted in some way before it even really gets fully underway. What do you make of all this? Well, this makes January 6th seem like jaywalking, right? Right, And this makes Russia collusion uh, seem like, uh, I, I don't know, uh, maybe driving five miles over the speed limit on the interstate and getting pulled over for, uh, for violating the speed limit. Um, this is the most egregious, influential, consequential, indefensible act to determine the outcome of an election that has ever occurred in any of our lives. And so to me, like for this is why I started off when you asked me the question, the ultimate message that Joe Biden ran on was I'll restore normalcy to America. And the most uh, impactful thing that he has done in terms of democracy now is exceed the parameters of precedent 
that to a degree that we've never seen in 250 years in trying to have his Department of Justice put Trump in jail, uh, in prison, uh, instead of being able to run against him for president of the United States. We've truly never seen this. And so from a political perspective, here's where I'd say you have to I always try to and you know this and we talk about this. Try to strip away super emotion because it's very easy to allow emotion to rule your analysis. And I always think, and this is me being a lawyer, it's important to take a step back and just kind of logically work through the case and the facts and the details and not try to get the emotion leading, but have the logic leading. Um, What Democrats are trying to do here, in addition to put Donald Trump in prison, is they want Trump to be the nominee. I really do believe this is the political calculus. I believe they think that charging Trump with all of these crimes simultaneously elevates him in the Republican primary race by the, by making him even more of a favorite, making him more likely to be the nominee, while simultaneously destroying him with independents and the people who are persuadable, uh, who make the decision basically about who wins our election. Now, that calculus could be wrong, Right. Uh, because in 2016, Democrats were ecstatic that they were getting Trump against Hillary. Uh, but Democrats in 2020 picked Biden specifically to run against Trump. And I believe Democrats believe that if Joe Biden is the nominee in 2024 and we get a rematch, that they will beat Trump again. And they feel more confident in beating Trump than they do any other Republican. So to me, if I'm looking at this from the Democrat perspective, leaving aside the trampling all over the ideals of American democracy and the awful precedent that they're setting from a raw political calculus. Let's figure out a way to win perspective. They believe this makes Trump more likely to be the nominee. They are choosing their fighter. They want Trump to go against Biden and they think they will beat Trump in 2024 and Biden will be a two term president. And then Trump will be gone too old, although they may try to drag him into race again in 28. They think that Donald Trump is unelectable but they want him to be the Republican nominee. Let's come back in a second here with uh, Clay Travis. It's funny. It's funny to introduce you on your own show. Clay Travis, co-host yeah, yeah. of Clay Travis that. and Buck Sexton By the show. Way, beautiful view here of the Smoky Mountains. Perfect day uh, for a uh, for a, for a political analysis calculus sitting here on the porch looking out over the mountains. Yeah, that's the way to do it. We'll come back with Clay here in a second and talk about where this is going next. But first up, everybody, with inflation on the rise and the stock market more volatile than ever, protecting your retirement savings can be a challenge. To weather today's economic uncertainty, the Phoenix Capital Group recommends diversifying your investments right now. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middlemen. There are both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Capital Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. That's phxonair.com. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date HealthLock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. All right, welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, we've been having Julie Kelly on now for, well, really the whole time Clay and I have been doing this show together. But stretching back for months, she was telling us that a federal indictment of Donald Trump was coming. In fact, she said at one point it was 100%, and then more recently 110%. And now we know that prediction, unfortunately for the Republic, but that prediction was accurate julie kelly is the author of january 6 a book i recommend to all of you and also a writer for american greatness she joins us now julie um you were right let me just ask you is there any surprise so far in how exactly the charges have been laid out or how this has gone down no not so much related to the charges for classified documents what i find pretty surprising and actually very shady is the fact that DOJ and then Jack Smith, who took over this investigation in November of 2022, <clears throat> litigated this entire case behind the scenes, closed doors, grand jury in Washington, D.C. They then, last month, 
basically moved all of it to Florida, realizing they had a venue problem, or I think they got very favorable rubber stamp rulings by the chief judge, Errol Howland, D.C., um, who was an Obama-appointed judge uh, and a, a brazen partisan in court. She does not try to hide her contempt for Donald Trump. So they basically conducted the entire investigation in Washington, D.C. Then, it looks like last month, moved it to D.C., and the New York Times reported all they had to do was read to a grand jury in Florida the transcripts of what had happened in Washington, D.C. So it doesn't even look like the same process unfolded in the southern, in, in Miami district that it did in Washington, D.C. If that's a new standard of justice, that should alarm people uh, across the spectrum. So it looks like this grand jury in Miami kind of thrown together, read whatever happened in D.C., came down with the seven counts. Um, and, of course, as, as you've reported, Donald Trump will be arraigned uh, in uh, Miami on Tuesday. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, Julie, can you just... So the, the grand jury in Miami was read... Explain a little more, was read what happened in D.C. and made their determination based off of that? That's what it looks like, Buck. That is what the New York Times was reporting and that was the first outlet that disclosed this florida grand jury all of the proceedings have been happening in dc before grand jury grand juries in washington dc then all of a sudden the new york times reports this week that there's a grand jury that was impaneled in may and apparently they've been hearing a few witnesses but one expert said oh this is no big deal all they do is take all the transcripts from uh, the grand jury proceedings in washington and they read it out to the grand jury in miami and that's how they determine their charges that sounds pretty shady don't you think i'm not a lawyer but uh it's really beyond the pale because everyone sort of assumed that these charges would come out of the dc district court and they suddenly changed it to miami realizing that any of the alleged crimes especially the obstruction count, would have happened in Palm Beach at Mar-a-Lago. So this will probably be pretty good uh, evidence for um, Team Trump to, uh, to accuse the prosecutors of misconduct, which we're already hearing some rumblings about. Um, but this is not a, does not appear to be a normal procedure, especially in a historical case the first federal charges ever against a, uh, a a former president. So, Julie, you, you saw this coming, obviously, and uh, and told us that this was going to happen. I, I wanted to get your take on where this is going next. What what do you see? Because I, I've just seen from Twitter, and I mean, this is my belief as well. This isn't even the. There are more indictments coming. But this isn't even the last of the federal indictments. Is that how you see it? And and what's going to happen if it plays out as you think it will? Well, this is going to be nothing compared to the multi-count felony criminal indictment that Jack Smith will ultimately issue related to Trump's uh, role in the events of January 6th. As we've talked about for a long time, that's going to be the big bombshell. Um, this, I think people are kind of like, okay, well, classified documents, did we see them? He obstructed. This is not as, as, as dangerous to Donald Trump as the counts that it will be coming down from Jack Smith. He's took over two investigations, the classified documents and January 6th. So potential counts in that indictment, Buck, could be seditious conspiracy, as we've talked about. 
uh, obstruction of an official proceeding, which seems pretty certain, conspiring to obstruct Congress, tampering with evidence, etc. The seditious conspiracy one is a big one, though. That is what 10 members of Yoke Keepers and Proud Boys have been convicted on. That is sort of tantamount to treason. It's No Americans have ever been convicted of it until the January 6th prosecution. Of course, not a difficult guilty plea to get in Washington, D.C., but that, I believe, is the direction where Jack Smith is now moving. So you will have dual criminal cases, court cases, happening at the same time, one in Florida, one in Washington, D.C., while Donald Trump is trying to run for president. This is what the Biden-Garland-Lisa-Monaco DOJ wants to happen. Uh, and unfortunately for America, that is exactly what will happen. We're speaking to Julie Kelly, author of January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Uh, Julie, there, I think one part of this, everyone understands right now that this is election interference, effectively. This is meant to already uh, skew the election, wh- wh- whoever, whether Trump is the nominee or not. I mean, looks like, based on the polls, he's going to be. But they're interfering in the 2024 presidential election with this but one piece of this that i think it's it's hard for um a lot of us you know myself included two-time trump voters who celebrated his his presidency to just comprehend do they do they really think they're going to be able to lock him up in a prison and that people will just be okay with that do you think do you think their eventual goal is to put him in a cell or is joe biden going to maybe step in and commute the sentence or something? What do you think happens? It's such a great question. I don't know, except for the fact that, yes, they do want Donald Trump in handcuffs. They do want him in prison. The Democratic base, they have ratcheted these half of our country up to this point of bloodlust that is really sort of terrifying. Um, But this is exactly what people like Lisa Monaco, the Deputy Attorney General, Longtime Obama loyalist. She was in on the Russia collusion hoax. She is running the Department of Justice. This is the fulfillment of their what now seven year uh, criminal prosecution into Donald Trump trying to get him in handcuffs and get him in jail. And they want to do this, um, not just for political reasons, but because they, this is a personal, uh, personal professional mission for these people at the doj and in the biden regime and if if they were to do this what do they think the reaction of the american people will be about institutions like the doj i mean this everyone's saying this is you know third world dictator banana republic defeat your opposition by throwing them in a cell somewhere i I, if someone tells me that's how they feel i have to look at them and say yeah that is how this feels they want us to feel that way. They are so not drunk with power, but they are authoritarians. They want people to realize that they have this authority and power, that they will use it to crush their political opponents, and that there's nothing we can do about it, Buck. They want us to realize the power that they have, that they have no boundaries. They have no oversight by Congress. They have no guardrails in federal courts like the D.C. District Court. They get whatever they want. They bring these cases before D.C. juries made up of voters in a city that's almost 100 percent Democrats. They know they're going to get their way. They know the only thing we can do is complain about it, write harsh letters, 
you know, make threats, contempt of Congress, et cetera, et cetera, impeachment, that's not going to happen. They want us to realize the power that they have and that they will use it to crush us, everyone from Donald Trump to his his lawyers, his close associates, down to the Indiana Mima who walked through the Capitol for 10 minutes with a MAGA hat on. They love this. They don't want to pretend that they're, that, you know, this is rule of law and constitution, even though they say that. They are good little Marxists and um, they, they are enjoying every minute of this. They don't care what it does to the country or the constitution. What do you think, Julie? Cause you know, you, you've been very close to all of this because you've seen um, the machinery of destruction that the DC judicial system became with regard to January 6th defendants. I mean, there are, the fact that there are people that spent, you know, 18 months in solitary confinement in the United States for nonviolent crimes, people who weren't armed, who did nothing violent, who didn't even destroy property, uh, that should shock the conscience of all Americans. It happened. It happened under Joe Biden, who poses as this grandfatherly uniter when really he's the most divisive. I actually would argue now he's more divisive than uh, than Barack Obama was. Uh, I think Agreed. Joe Biden is in a league of his own and what do you think we what do you think we can do about this like what when you, you saw this up close and personal i think you understand the mentality of the other side what's the proper way to respond you know buck i wish i knew it's very easy to despair and i try not to allow myself to get to that point when i'm covering these hearings and especially these jury trials what these prosecutors and fbi investigators are allowed to get away with in court these juries who are so partisan uh, admitting in a jury selection process that they are Democrats, that they consider these people insurrectionists and traitors, you know, that they attend left-wing demonstrations in Washington, D.C., and they are still seated on these uh, on these jury panels. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, we have a very slim majority in Congress right now. Uh, the Republicans in the Senate have been silent for the most part as this has uh, has gone on. And so I really, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the best we can do is keep exposing who these people are, what they're capable of, and, you know, just hope for the best for our country. Yeah. But I agree with you. Joe Biden is a contemptible man. I think he's probably, he is the worst person to ever sit in the White House on every single level. And he has put people around him who are just as bad as he is, including Merrick Garland who is, to your point, kind of puts on the grandfatherly, I'm here, rule of law. No, he's not. Uh, you know, these people, there's only one partisan word hacks. for them. Yeah, partisan hacks They're across evil. the board. Um, January 6th, how Democrats use the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. That's Julie's book. If you want to understand the current moment, knowing the history of how we got here, as is told in that book, is uh, well worth the read. Julie, thank you so much, as always. And also, you were right. We told you we'd have you back on the show. You said it was coming. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. My friends, market has been tough, um, and everyone still knows inflation is out there, and things could get really rough in the economy really quickly. You know, Clay and I recently met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. He's a patriot. He loves our military and gives a lot back to our veterans. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash-flowing real estate. They've brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of $1,000, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all of their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit RadDiversified.com 
Connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all the benefits of being a real estate investor without any of the heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio. Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at RADradDiversified.com. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.